This is Sell More Floors. Sell More Floors. Never lower your price. Always add value. And here's your hosts, Cameron Garver. Cameron Garver. And so I think you guys might have inadvertently killed somebody in the room. <laughs> Corey Henson. Corey Henson. I'm here to have a good time. And Cody Toland. Cody Toland. Buckeyes and Fudge. Wolfpack Equipment, your premier lineup of concrete preparation and dust extraction equipment. Join the pack today and kill the competition. Welcome to Selmore Floors, part two of the Chuck Toki saga we got going on here. Last episode, we kind of talked about uh, the appropriate way of starting a business, kind of the expectations, your KPIs. Um, also, on top of that, how to do an appropriate estimate and differentiate yourself from your competition. We're definitely going to lean into a lot more useful information here. Uh, I think we're all very excited about it. All right. Welcome back, Chuck. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, we're glad to have you again, dude. It's uh, We got a lot of good responses from that first episode. A lot of people learning a lot from it. Um, definitely a lot of information that you taught us. I know me personally, I, you know, KPIs have always kind of been a thing, but just how specific you can get and how telling people's numbers really are to the health of their business. I mean, it seems like a no brainer, but just to hear you talk about it the way you did was kind of eye opening for me. But, uh, I think this one, we're going to start off with a little bit of thing called the financing. And I want you to take it away on that because that's very important. I, you know, financing is one of these things. When when I work with a company on financing, they always tell me we don't finance. Our customers don't finance. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Your customers don't finance. The the twenty percent that you actually get to sell don't finance. The problem is, is that sixty percent of everybody that you meet do finance. Right. And so when you don't bring it up, when you don't talk about it correctly, they're not gonna finance. So when you're talking about, you know, for those of you guys just be getting started or whatever, it's financing for like a floor is, hey, this, you know, the floor is going to cost $6,000. You could either pay it in full or you could pay X amount a month for a certain amount, depending on who you finance through. Uh, It's a way for you to reduce that number and make it more obtainable for that customer. And it's way easier to sell if you can do that. I mean, would you agree close rates have got to be higher when you offer a financing alternative? Not only uh, the close rates go higher, but the average sale gets to be a little bit more. When you when you talk to somebody, and I, I've, so a, a recent ride along, now this was on a bath sale, but on a recent ride along, we were going through the bath sale and the guy says, you know, the other, the other competitor, they're only 9,000, you're at 12,000. And I said, well, let me ask you, you know, the, the, are you able to stroke a check for $9,000? And the guy says, no. I says, then that sounds to me like it's pretty expensive. Because my offer is not 12000 it's $175 a month. Can you afford $175 a month? He says, yeah, sounds like that's your affordable option. Right. I still sold it for $12,000. You know, so people don't understand financing. And when you get into financing, there's so many different finance companies out there. Uh, my favorite is a company called Service Finance. They have so many different programs. Um, there's also Moment, M-O-M-N-T. Finance is really good. Green Sky, uh, Interbank. There's all these companies out there that as long as you have been in business for two years, they're typically willing to finance your jobs. That's awesome, man. And 
it's a lot of things that we talk about here on some more floors, <clears throat> excuse me, is, you know, adding work while you're there. Make sure you get every piece of work. So for those of you who are doing a garage floor or something like that, take a look at their back patio. See if they got a concrete slab. Maybe they'd be interested in a last deck or, or, you know, an exterior system. Maybe they need a pressure wash and sealed driveway. You could go ahead and charge two bucks a square foot because at the end of the day, it's only going to make $5 a month more difference. You're maximizing your revenues and it's not, it's nothing to you. You are literally getting someone to loan them the money and you're getting paid right up front. So you can go ahead and say, Hey, I'll pressure wash your driveway, seal your driveway, do your garage floor, I'll do your basement metallic floor, and I'll do your back patio, and it's going to cost this per month. It's not going to cost $20,000. It's going to cost this monthly payment. And then you're getting it all done at once, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, like I've said it multiple times, no matter what industry, like the biggest objection you're going to encounter is the price. So you automatically take a big number and you break it down into a smaller number which is going to just going to help the conversation move forward it's the easiest thing you know it's a no-brainer to offer financing yeah and, and selling when i sold cars i go back to that a lot but it was called reducing it to the ridiculousness mm-hmm. so it's like Mr. and Mrs. Customer, would you like this car that you kind of like right here? Or you could go ahead and for the price of one Starbucks coffee a day for a month, you can get the fully loaded version that you really like. And then in their mind, they're like, oh, just stop getting Starbucks. (laughs) You You just reduce it to, to a number. The smaller you can make that number look the better. So, I mean, financing to me is a big no-brainer. Ryan Davis last week said he sold a floor. Chuck Toki is big in everything, but Arizona coatings is like three bucks a square foot, 350. Everyone says they can't succeed there, but Ryan Davis is there, and he's selling floors at seven, seven fifty a square foot, and he's doing it with financing. Financing and a very good sales process, and he's great at what he does. But he told us that he closed the job for seven fifty a square foot, and the co- the customer financed the entire thing. Yeah, that helped move the deal forward like that. I mean, it, it can add such a higher number to the jobs you complete. Think of all the jobs that people are getting that number, and they're like, I can't afford that. So you lose out on that sale. Yeah, It makes it way more obtainable for people. So yeah. So we look at it this way. When you're going to close, when you're going to go into the price presentation, you're going to close, you need to have this phrase in mind. If I just make it easy enough, they'll buy anything. That's a good one, yeah. And so I'm going to position my pricing and how I'm gonna show my pricing in that fashion. So if I can just make it easy enough, they'll buy anything. Right. And so let me ask you, if I'm gonna put down price and I let you know like, hey, you know, I understand this is a big deal. We have a, 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 a trade partner that what they allow us to do is you can go ahead, we can get this, this coding done now, and I'm sure that you're gonna be wanting to save up for this. And they're saying, yeah, so I don't need any money until you actually save up for the, the money. And how long do you think it'll take you to save up for this? They'll say, oh, man, probably about six months. Okay, no problem. So I don't need anything. I can get installed now, and I don't need anything from you until you get that money. Is that something you'd even be interested in? They're like, well, yeah, but how would you do that? Ultimately, I really don't need it when you get that money. I don't need anything until today of next year. I want to make sure that I don't take any cheese off your macaroni. I don't take anything away from date night. This is going to be the most comfortable investment that you've ever made. I promise you. Yes. And before you know it, Say, look, all I need is a signature from you. Can you give me a signature? And we'll have the, and and here in the next couple of weeks, whenever you can get it on, you know, we'll go ahead and we'll start the project. Chuck Toki just sold me a floor. (laughs) (laughs) So 
that's what I'm talking about with financing. People think financing, they think interest rates. Yeah. And that's not the case. You know, it's, um, you know, they can finance through me easier and for a lower rate than their own bank. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's another thing, and I think Cody would agree with this, is like you could say, hey, look, man, you, yeah, you may be able, could afford to, to write a check for this right here and right now, but your money's better served in the market right now. Why, oh, yeah. why clear out your bank account right now, man? Just let it ride for a little bit. Get a low interest rate. Keep your money in the market, man. Keep making money. That's another alternative way you could do it. Sure. Because a lot of these financing companies that I'm coming to find out, they will give you some kickbacks. If you keep them happy, they you got to think about it. Like you're their customer, right? You're giving them money. You're getting them what they want. They're going to make it worthwhile if you keep them busy enough. There will be kickbacks and things like that with certain companies. Some companies give you even a percentage or a point for every $1,000 or whatever that they have financed. So that's another thing that could add revenue to your company. I don't know if any of the ones that you work with maybe do that. I don't know. But I know a lot of them that we work with do that quite often. So that's something to consider as well. I will say that typically you'll have uh, a dealer fee. Now, there are some of these companies that are coming out now with no dealer fees, like Sunlight Financial. You can do 9.99%. I want to say it's 9.99 for like 10 years, and there's no dealer fee on it. Wow. I'll do that all day and twice on Tuesday. Because when, when you look at why do people love the 9.99 so much, it's because it's not 10. Exactly. <laughs> it's the psychology of the number, yeah. So when we look at, uh, at financing, there's three types of people that finance. There are people that just pay cash, but they would rather use your money instead. Uh, and sometimes it's nothing more than I would rather use cash. And then when the job is done, I don't actually want to fund it. I'll just go ahead and pay you then. You know, we allow that because it's the, the project itself is guaranteed now. And um, so the next uh, group of people are the folks that they thought they saved up enough and then they find out that it's just a little bit more than what they were thinking. And then when I'm talking about this with a homeowner, I'll say, then there's the people like me that they truly need the help to get the floor that I really want. You know, uh, my wife got the, the kitchen. We just paid most of that with cash and I just don't have the cash for this, but I really want to get it done. No problem. Right. Life's too short. You want the you want to pull home in that garage, and you want to love the floor that's laid down. Don't let money stand in the way. I got your solution. That's all you got to do, right there. You get real emotional with it. You get their you get their expectations where they need to be, and then you go in. I love that, man. Financing is a great option. Um, how many of your companies that you've coached use financing? All of them. They all do them. now. They most of them didn't before I got there. So that's something that you go in and you implement because. To you, it's like, yeah, I mean, if you can do financing, that's only going to help you, right? It's one of the easiest things that I can come in and do. If I come in and I implement financing, it's so we had a company that came in and, and they were selling around $6 a square foot. This was for Flake. He says, man, my dream is to, to sell this at $9 a square foot. I'm like, then do it. He yeah. says, well, how do I do that? I says, here's the problem is you still think that you need to convince the customer of the value. The problem is you need to convince your salespeople of the value. Yep. Once they see the value of that $9 a square foot, they'll sell it all day long. Yes. It's the salesperson that screws up the sale. It's not the homeowner. Nope. It's, it's it, the salesperson's not getting the expectations where they need to be. They're not doing, they're not making it easy enough, like you said, right? I mean, how many times have we heard it here with sales guys where if they're, I tell them, yeah, we'll do this for a pallet. Like this will be the pallet price. They grimace. Yeah. Like, You've already lost it. Right. You've already lost that sale because 
you're thinking with your pocket. You don't think it's a good deal. I said, you need to think, you need to accept in your mind that that's a great deal. That's something that they're going to go for. You need to be positive. You need to be energetic. And you need to be excited when you're delivering that number. Hey, I got I talked to my boss. Got great news for you. We're going to go ahead and get you 5% off of that pallet price. That's going to save you 5%. That's going to be this amount. That's awesome. Like passion, energy, excitement. If you already think the shit's expensive, they're not going to sell it. Right. They're going to side with you. You know, you're going to project that as a salesperson. If you think it's too expensive, you're going to project that it's too expensive. You'll throw little fillers in there like like Uh, little buts uh, and uh, us. And I know it might be a lot, but, you know, just different things like that. It's just going to continually turn them off. Oh, Cody, well, I talked to my manager and I I mean, I know it's not a lot, but it's something, you know, I got 5%. You're never going to close a deal like that. Yeah. You know, and that that's just something you got to get over if yeah. you're in this business or any business sure, right? where there's a sale. Yeah. If you come at it like, you know, hey, I'm really excited about this. This almost never happens, but I went to bat for you, got you a little, a good chunk of change off, about 5% off each kit. That's a big deal. It's more money in your pocket. You want to get this going today? I got to say most of the time, yes, or let me deposit a check, you know. Yeah, congratulations yeah. for your persistence, man. I'm glad you asked because you just saved yourself a lot of money. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like make them feel good. Like they got that win that they wanted. You know, that's what it's all about, man. And and financing will help with all that. I feel like it does. Now, here's the thing that the listeners are going to fight back on. Oh, there's dealer fees. You know, there's anywhere from zero to maybe 10 percent of the job that they have to now pay as a dealer fee. And you have to turn that 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 um, that fee over to the homeowner. Now, here's the easiest way of doing it, is increasing your price 4%. Now, industry-wide, what we have found, when we took, you know, everybody's revenue by, you know, versus the the amount that they finance or take credit cards for, what we found is that the average is 4%. So you take your pricing, you you increase it 4%, you've taken care of all of your, your credit card fees, and any of the financing that you do. So therefore, you're not so worried about the fee that you have to pay because you're charging that inside of every deal, whether they finance or not. Oh, Chuck, that's not fair. It's good for the company, yeah. and that's all you need to know. I just heard them, you know, all of our listeners roll their eyes at saying raise their price. They're <laughs> sick and tired of us saying it. But but unless you do that, like there's been people, Chuck, throughout this entire this shortage of product and isocyanide shortage and all this and that they get mad at us because our prices are going up because the cost of materials are going up they think that they shouldn't have to raise their prices that somehow they're exempt from that and they're afraid they're scared to raise the prices of their customer they're not confident about it but the guys that do it and they believe in it and they understand it and they're able to educate their clients as to why the price is happening they're doing just fine so whenever we tell people to raise their prices, we get a lot of pushback on that. Yeah, it's funny. They don't notice that they're paying like 30% more for groceries or like, you know, 30% more every time they run through a drive through you yeah. know. Yeah. They don't notice that, but when they're buying something for their business, it's the end of the world. You know, we only raise our prices $10, and it's a big deal. Well, here's, the, here's the main issue is most people, when they raise their prices, like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't sell at the higher price. No, you couldn't sell because you suck at selling. Yes. I mean, that's where it comes right yes. down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so I went to, a, here's a quick story of a company out in uh, PA, and I went in and we brought in a new sales rep. I says, here, I, what I want to do is I want to get him first. 
And so he came in. I says, here, here I, we're going to make your job a whole lot easier. You're not the, the owner. So the owner can sell things a lot easier. So I need to, I'm just going to make your job easier. What we're doing is we're going to bring the price down to $8 a square foot. We're going to bring it down to $8 a square foot. And the owner, like, flush. He's like, I can't believe you're telling him this because they're selling it for. I said, we're going to bring it down to $8 a square foot. The only thing here is that we're also going to bring it down. We don't even need the full amount up front. We just need half. And the guy's looking at me, he's like, oh, I can do this. He went out and closed at 50%. Jeez. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because, because he believed he didn't know any better. He, he didn't know any better. <laughs> he went out and sold the $8 a square foot. And, and then, so as of today, that's what they sell, $8 a square foot, even as today. Well, to be, if I may, real quick. Yeah, go for it. So when, back to the cars, I literally practiced with my wife mm-hmm. delivering numbers all the time because, you know, I was broke and... You know, if I'm telling somebody, hey, you want this fully loaded forerunner, it's going to be $800 a month. In my mind, I was like, shit, that's more than my mortgage. Like, how am I going to talk these people into it? And then I over and over with my wife in the mirror, I would just be like, replace numbers. And I worked on those small little ticks that I had where I, you know, like blinked too fast or, or I would move a little bit more. You could hear some, you know, apprehension in my voice, things like that. And I got to the point where I was very confident in pushing that number and using like, you know, it's only this a month or whatever. And when I started doing that, it was just game over. Like that, you are going to increase your closing percentage exponentially if you just get more confident in delivering that number. Don't think with their pocket. You don't know. You don't know shit. Don't be presumptuous. You don't know what their money is. $800 a month to them could be a drop in the bucket. Just because it's to you doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That's exactly what that guy did. He didn't know that people are paying four bucks a square foot for the same thing. He thought it was eight. Chuck made him think it was a good deal. So what did he do? He closed effectively because he didn't have a preconceived notion. Yeah, I love your point about practicing with, with Megan, your wife. They're just like. Oh, dude, you use my wife's real name on this podcast, bro? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> But like my best managers, the people that taught me the most about sales. Uh, <laughs> they, no, uh, just <laughs> Thanks, Cody. Yeah, they uh, they equated sales to to, uh, to to sports. Like it's something you have to practice. It's something you have to to work on. You need reps to get better. And, and I don't know, being like playing football in high school, it kind of clicked with me that like, oh yeah, it's a skill. You have to practice it. Like most of your job should be practicing your skill. That way when you're in the field, you're, you're better at it. Right. Well, and, and it's, you're fighting human nature a lot of times too, because we're not why, you know, our physiology, like delivering bad news or delivering numbers is not something that's natural to us as a species. Like we want to fit in. We want to go ahead and be the easy one to talk to when our conversation to be easy we don't want the you know the back and forth like as a a human nature so the more reps you get the better you're gonna get my i mean my wife hated it but i'd just be like yeah let me give you pricing on this 2010 odyssey real quick and she's like oh my god yeah (laughs) it's just you know you gotta practice those kinks out that's just how it is well and even better than that like when she told you you did a shit job at it you know being able to take that information and and not take offense to it and actually like improve yourself too you need that inside of you. I sold cars, dude. A sales manager would hear me sell, you know, give numbers, and they'd be like, "Dude, you did horrible." Yeah, and I'd just be like, you know, at first I was younger, so like I was a little bit more defensive about it. But then as I started like reading books and stuff like that, 
It's just like, man, you got to quit with the ego. You got to quit with the defense, man. Like, you got to start. And that changed how I look at everything, man. If I'm having trouble delivering those numbers, and if I get that feeling in the pit of my stomach, I didn't do the process right. I didn't create enough value in that car. I didn't make that customer need that car. I didn't find the car that they loved. I didn't do a good enough job in my assessment. I needs analysis. My presentation, I didn't smile big enough when I introduced myself. I didn't get them laughing. Whatever. But that's all there is to it. So repetition's key in this game, I think. It really is. And it, when you're, let's get into the uh, price presentation. Mm-hmm. Now, inside of whether it's your price presentation or your company presentation, there's a thing called price anchoring or price conditioning. Now, when Steve Jobs first came out with the iPad, and uh, I, I encourage everybody to look this up. So when Steve Jobs came out with the iPad, he went through all the features and benefits as all you know sales reps do. And then he showed the price and it was $999. And he let that sink in. You know, everybody looked like, well, I guess it could be worth it, yeah. And then he said to everybody, he says, so for right now, for right now, with everybody in here and everybody listen to this, we are going to sell this thing. We're going to let it go for $499. They sold over a million within minutes. Now, what price do you think that that was really uh, supposed to be at? $499. $499. He price anchored everybody. So he took them way up and then showed them that they felt like they were getting a deal. Here's the issue is everybody thinks that they're CarMax, and and that's why CarMax is is not doing well right now. It's because there's no haggle. Yep. We're human. We like to haggle. Yep. And if I'm going to buy something, I had a, uh, so we just brought kitchen and we had a guy come in and he even used that on me. He's like, oh, we're like CarMax. We don't haggle. I said, so therefore I know that I'm getting screwed. Yeah. Cause you're not allowing me to try to get a better yeah. price. You're not even, you're not even entertaining it. I said, you, you literally just sat here at my table and told me you're going to screw me over. I said, look, this is not how this is going to work. Yeah. You know? And so <laughs> the next guy that came in. You know, I knew I, I shopped around a little bit. I wasn't meaning to. And uh, but the, the next guy that came in, that's who we bought from. I mean, we really liked who he was. He allowed me to at least feel like I had a good deal. Yeah. And so that's what we look at. So when we're going through this, you can go through this uh, cost versus value. Um, it's through Remodeling Magazine, cost versus value. And it has just about every trade that you would ha- need inside the home improvement industry. And it'll tell you what the average cost is and what your, if you decide to turn around and sell the house right then and there. So whether it's roofing, siding, windows, decks, new bathroom, new kitchens, whatever, it'll tell you exactly how much money you'll get back. You know, 70%, 72%, 90% for a front door, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, when you look at, let's say it's, it's roofing, Roofing, they're saying that the average cost in Dayton, Ohio is $783 a square. I'd love to find out who this is. Yeah. Because actually the average price inside of Dayton, Ohio is four fifty a square. You know, so but when you I'm showing it. that Yeah. <laughs> so I'm showing them the magazine, I'm showing them right there that they're saying in Dayton, Ohio, that the average cost is twenty three thousand dollars for a thirty square roof. And the homeowner's looking at me and I'm like, and you've got twenty eight squares on your roof. And I'm letting that sink in, you know, because we're about to throw the right cross, you know. So I'm, I'm letting them see that. And I'm going to ask them, say, I'm guessing that's exactly what you were thinking when we came out here. And they're like, um, n- no. 
I'm like, all right. I like that question. Well, I, I'm going to tell you that the whole reason I'm here is to save you some money. So we're going to do our best to save you some cash. But I wanted you to know kind of what this is going to be. And so they're freaking out right now. I need them to freak out. Now, a bad salesperson throws a lifeline. Well, luckily for you, it's going to be less than half <laughs> yeah, of they that. Let them, they don't let them sweat it out at all. Yeah. You have to let them to, to soak that in. So that at the end, when I'm giving price and they're thinking this is going to be 23000 and I bring a price of 15000 they're like, man, I thought this was going to be 20 thousand. <laughs> Before I did that, they thought it was going to be ten. Yep. You just jumped. You bumped their thinking without the back and forth. You just set the price. You just anchored that price right up top there and got their th- thinking up. That's what my car managers used to say is get their thinking up before you deliver the numbers. And that's what you do. That's awesome, man. That's called price conditioning. That's so cool, man. I like that question you asked. It's like, I'm sure that's what you were thinking when you got here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and they're just like, oh, God, I shouldn't have called this guy. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So the other piece of this is making sure that if you're going to sell a, uh, a $10,000 floor, then you need to be selling the $20,000 floor. You need to position your thinking as a sales rep to, that this is $20,000. How would I sell this floor for $20,000? Man, I'm going to talk about it. We're, it's going to, we're going to plate the, the edges of the floor. I mean, that's the way that my thinking is going to be. Right. And so when I'm explaining that, then when I'm going to my pricing, therefore, they feel like they've got a good deal, even though I may be more expensive than everybody else. Every product I've ever sold, I've been more expensive than everybody else. And so we just got conditioned ourselves to think that way. The other thing is, is price is nothing but a number. It truly is nothing but a number. I can really care less. The only thing that I will promise you is that that number is going to be an odd number. Yep. You know, if I say, oh, it's $10,500, yep. they don't believe that for a second. But if it's $10,523, now all of a sudden I'm like, wow, okay. So again, it's everything we do is psychological. Oh yeah, hundred so percent. It's perception and then understanding how to get their their thinking above where we're at. Yeah, instead of the ten thousand five hundred, it's ten thousand three hundred eighty-seven dollars and sixty-two cents. And then they're like, "Well, that's a very precise number." So he must have actually put some thought into it. Yeah, we've said that to people on here before, where people are like, Oops, "Excuse me," where people are like, uh, "Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and I'll do your floor for four thousand dollars." In my head, I'm like, dude, you just threw out a, a number. You don't even, there's no thought behind that number, like anything. You just came here, you looked at my slab, didn't do anything to it. You didn't measure any cracks, you didn't do anything. You threw out an even number. I'm going to do the everything Chuck was saying with the belt. I'm going to, you know, measure cracks. I'm going to go ahead and scratch the concrete to check for hardness. And when I deliver a price, I'm going to have an itemized, very itemized, very detailed understanding of what I'm going to be doing for you. And it's going to be a very, very, very odd, weird number. It's going to be $4,626.12. That's what this floor is going to cost you. I'm like, oh, that took some thought. So, but I actually bought a hot tub two, three weeks ago and they did the same thing at the hot tub store. I know the girl that owns this store, but like walked in and they have like full retail and then a big red line through it and they say, what you pay? And you know what I mean? And I don't, you know, I I hate beating salespeople down. Like if they're cool, they do a good job. Like I'm whatever. I'm cool. I don't, I'm not going to sit there and haggle with you forever on you, whatever. So if they do a good job, I'll just buy it, whatever. So she came over, did an excellent job. I'm telling you what, she was like, okay, so first off, 
asking me questions like, where's the space where you're going to put the hot tub? And I was like, okay, we're going to put it on our back patio. And she's like, well, how many people are you usually having it? I was like, well, we're kind of weird and we don't hang out with a lot of people. So it'll probably just be me and my wife for a long time. She said, so you could get a four seater. And then she started to feel that out. But she like started to get us in the right direction of what we needed. Because I walked in and I was like, this is going to take all day if we get some dummy that's just going to show us every hot tub. No, she said, well, I only got about three or four ones that I think are really going to fit you guys. And she walked me through the pros and cons of each one, let us sit in it get you know get emotionally involved with it imagining it and then she just did she just asked for the sale and i said okay like it was easy you know but she did a freaking great job man it's awesome it's psychology that's all it is that's all it is all it is dude people go what we hear in this this podcast a lot is people go out there and uh you know do estimates and they do exactly what i just described and then they wonder why they're not successful and it's because they don't take advice from like this podcast and they don't they don't read and w- what's your philosophy on personal improvement reading and things like that so i i am not a big reader but i read a ton just because i know that there's so much knowledge out there yep. and i want to get it and uh, so i read intentionally i am i cannot stand these guys that uh, say oh i've got this challenge i'm going to read 15 books by the the third of the month and i'm like what good is that yeah I mean, for me, I'm going to read a book, and I might read it twice. And I love Kindle because you can actually highlight different colors. Uh, something I'm going to, uh, like yellow, if you go through my, my uh, Kindle, you'll see that anything I put yellow, I'm going to implement immediately. If I do blue, that's something I'm going to put away, but I'm going to take, take another look at here in another month. Yeah. But I read intentionally. Yeah. Uh, my favorite author is uh, Patrick Lencioni. I've heard of him. So he does the five dysfunctions of a team. He does the ideal team player. He has a lot of great, great books. Um, and so the, but my all-time favorite, and I think I, I mentioned to you a long time ago, is Rocket Fuel. Yes, you have. I actually have that book. You know, as an owner, that is absolutely required reading. That and his other book, um, and I can't remember the guy's name, but his other book is called Traction. So if you're going to implement EOS, and I'm not an EOS specialist. I know a lot about it. Um, EOS bores the hell out of me, but it's something that everybody needs to put into their, their company. Um, I am, I'm a very type A person. I've got, I've got to keep moving. Right. And so a lot of that you know, does bore me, but I know that it's, it's, um, uh, it, it's something you truly need as a business owner is to understand who's the visionary and who's the integrator. You know, in this business here, I'm hoping I can say this, is that I feel that, you know, uh, Corey is the visionary. I mean, he's the guy that, that you, you truly want to jump on his back and say, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and then you being the integrator. You're the, you're the one that takes these scattered ideas. Sorry, Corey. Takes these <laughs> scattered ideas and has to make sense of them. Yeah. And yeah. take them to the team. Well, you know, and a lot of things that you brought up there are very big. I mean, Cody and I preach reading all the time, but I think it was Seneca was one of our favorite, my favorite philosophers who said it's not the amount that you, it roughly translates, it's not the amount you read, it's the amount you read well. Yeah. Like, that matters. So when people brag, oh, I read 100 books this year, but it's like, okay, but how many do you, how many books do you understand? Yeah, what did you take away? What did you take away from it? Because you could sit there and you could speed read through, you know, 10 books, but what good is that if you're not actually taking everything in in the books? Yeah. And, and reading books and listening to audio books is one of the ways that is scientifically proven to 
make you a more empathetic, well-adjusted, rounded person. And a more empathetic, well-adjusted, rounded person is going to sell better. That's just how it is. I mean, that you know, if you're if you're the type of person that's just content and you're not ambitious and you're not empathetic, you're not going to be a great salesperson. A great salesperson always wants to improve. They want to improve every aspect of their life. They want to grow as an individual, and that's infectious. And people can sense that when you're sitting across from them, right? Like, like this guy gets it. Like he doesn't want to just sit back, let the money roll. Like he wants to go out and get it. I want to be a part of this guy. I know he's winning. Like that's it's an infectious thing, and that's just a good way to get there. So if you're confident, you take the keys that, that Chuck was talking about, and then you add that into your own personal development. It's a perfect storm for success. I mean, there's no one out there that's gonna gonna go confuse that. I think. I mean, that's just how it is. Oh yeah. So let's let's go back to this price presentation. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna hand this. And I hope that everybody's going to take this, write it down, whatever they need to, because I'm going to give you some gold that is absolute. It has changed the way that companies sell and their their commission, or as far as the close rate, immensely. And that's understanding how to give price. This is called price engineering. And so when um, when we went to a lot of these, these coding companies, uh, some of them very large, and we come in and we say, look, you're gonna give them a, a price. Now this price may be 10% higher than what you really wanna sell at. And so what we're doing at that, that first price, now you can give uh, just one drop if you don't do promotions. If you have a promotion, you may have two drops, meaning uh, if you're gonna advertise on TV, say you have a $500 off coupon on, on uh, TV, then you're gonna bring it down to that price. But that price right there is what we call, we're gonna, uh, it sounds bad, but we're gonna flush the toilet, which means I'm gonna give you this price. This is our 30 day price. You'd be able to make a decision within the next 30 days, right? And they're like, yeah. If you think I'm actually gonna give them 30 days, 30 days you're crazy. But I'm just giving them a price that they can say yes to. And if I give them 30 days, then he's gonna give me the truth. Now, if I told him that this price is only good today, they're gonna to tell me it's too much right off the bat. But I'm gonna say here, you know, after the, uh, after the discount, this is our 30 day price. If you don't have any discounts, then you just start out. This is your 30 day price. You, I mean, Cameron, you, you'd be able to make a, uh, a decision within the next 30 days, wouldn't you? Sure. Okay, and do you think that you'd be able to afford this over the next 30 days? Yeah, I think I would. Okay, just a minute ago, you told me that if I could make this thing affordable, you'd want to go ahead and move forward. Why don't you go ahead? You got your driver's license on you. We'll go ahead, get this thing financed, get it taken care of. Get the hell out of my house. No, <laughs> just kidding. No, I, it, it, it's, it, yeah, I'm going to buy a floor from Chuck, I think. I think I got to do that. But Now, there's, again, we're, we're flushing the objections. Right. So that's like 5% of the time that they say, well, yeah, I can afford that. Yeah. Most of the time, they're saying, "Well, hold on. I mean, you know, we really need to think about this." Right. It, isolate, overcome. Right. Isolate, overcome. It, it, you know, we found out that this is the right floor for you. This is how it is. You know, this is the one for you guys. Want you love this floor? Everything's perfect about it. It's fair to say that, as money aside, there's nothing holding you back from making this decision. Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, what makes you unsure? Well, the color might be okay. We skipped a step. We got to go back. Now we got to go back. Don't get to the numbers quite yet. Don't deliver the numbers because you haven't made it right yet. All right, well, let's take a look. Let's start isolating that, overcoming that. Let's pick the colors again. It's isolating the objective, overcoming. The last thing you should do is feel good about that number you're giving because 
every objection they've given you, you isolate it. And then you give them no more ammunition at the end of it. Well, hold on. You said if you had the right price, the floor you loved, everything was perfect about it, you'd feel comfortable moving forward today. Wasn't that what you said? Yeah, I guess you're right. Like, it's just that's how it is. You disarm them. You're literally disarming them, their objections up front. And the more proactive with that, your chances of closing are freaking crazy high, I found out. I mean, that, that's just what it is to it. <laughs> and here's how we engineer the price. So the first price, it might be $10,000, and then I'm going to write, and right in front of that, I'm going to write 175 And that's the monthly payment. And so I'm going to position this as you'd be able to afford the 175 you know, invest, monthly investment, right? Sure. And they may say, nah, I mean, that's a little bit more than what we're expecting. I'm going to make them say that. I want them to say it. Because if I can get them to complain about the payment, I can do something about the payment. Right. And so here's how we do this. We know that we're going to give two different prices. So the first price, that 30-day price, we're going to make a 5.99% for five years. So then when they give me that, that it's too expensive, I don't know how I'm going to afford it, whatever, that next price is I might only take off maybe two, $300, but then I'm going to give them a 5.99 for 10 years. So now that monthly payment went from 175 to $92. So again, I know that this is going to happen. And so that's how we engineer. We, we want them to be uh, kind of blown away with the first price. I mean, obviously, if they, they take the first price, great. But um, you know, they're going to be blown away with the first price. So if they say, well, you know what? We, this is just more than what we were thinking. More than what we were thinking? Yeah, yeah, it's just, I don't know how we're going to afford it. You don't know how you're going to afford it? Yeah, that's the, just the monthly payment. So what I'm doing is what we call mirroring. Uh, if anybody's ever heard, so I get, uh, one of my favorite coaches is Chris Voss. Uh, he's a hostage negotiator. And so we mirror the same way. And so when, when someone says it's too expensive. Does that never split the difference? Yeah. That was a good one. And so uh, you, you would mirror that, you know, and they say, oh, that's just way too much. That's way too much. Yeah, yeah, it's just more than what I was, I was thinking. More than what you were thinking? Yeah, I just don't know how I'm going to afford this. Okay, so it's the monthly payment, right? Yeah. So if you can't afford the 175 how much could you afford a month? Oh, man, I just, if we, can, if we can bring this down to $100 somehow, I know that I can bring it down to $92. So what you're telling me is that if I, can, if I can go back and I can get you a $100 payment on this, that we can go ahead and move forward? And I don't know if I can, but if, what you're telling me is that we can go move forward? Yeah, if we can do $100 a month, I'm in. All right, so I'm going to go call my, my wife, see what's for dinner. And then I'm going to come back and sit down and say, okay, so what we've got, it's, it's no different than the yeah. car sales. Yep. You know, you went back and, and probably you know, tossed some, some basketball with your, your boss. And then went in and, and said, all right, this is what we've got. I didn't do that. I walked into the bathroom and watched Netflix. Swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> 10, 15 minutes, I'd just sit in the, lo the locked bathroom and I'd just watch Netflix. And I'd come out and be like, <sighs> like, like I just went to war for them. <laughs> and it's, it's no different. You come back and say, I've got good news. Is that we were able to get this thing down to ninety-two dollars? Now you told me and you you uh, impressed on me that if I was able to get it around a hundred, that you're ready to move forward. All I need your driver's license. We'll go ahead and get this thing taken care of. You know, it's no different. Now there's a lot of people out there like, oh my gosh, that's I, I'm not going to do that. Well, don't don't 
and continue not selling. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's everyone gets the impression that selling's easy. It's like Cody said, repetitions, you can get better at it. And I would even add one thing to to what you said. Like I would so you walked out, right? You went and called your your wife. Yep. I I would go out for a few minutes, come right back and be like, "Guys, I'm really sorry." It's, you're telling me, though, if we can get this under $100, you're ready to move forward today, right? I mean, like, that's something that you really feel like you're able to do. I don't want to put you in a spot, but that's, that's where we're at with this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, just give me one more second. Then go back out again because they think that you're getting, like, somewhere, and you're actually putting that effort in. And it, 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 demon, it demonizes the person on that phone. Yeah, it doesn't. It takes it off of you, and it puts it all on that person on the phone. You come back looking like you know Troy. You you come back looking like Achilles. You know, you, right. you're just some badass that just got them the deal that they wanted. You know, and now there's a lot of different closing techniques. One of the oldest, but still one of the strongest techniques, is called the porch light close. The porch light close. And the porch light. What this is is when when you're putting the price in front of the homeowner, and one of them looks at the other. So let's say that the wife looks at the husband. What do you feel that that means? When the wife looks at the husband, the wife's looking to the husband to make the decision. That's right. She's bought in, and she's looking at him for approval now. Yeah. It's the same way the other. if he looks at her. He's bought in, and we're now waiting on her. But you better not wait. So I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to say, hey, I don't know how it works in your family, but how it works in mine is my wife and I need to talk about things like this. I've got a couple more pictures that I need to take. I'm going to go out, take these pictures. And uh, I'll be back here in about five, six minutes. Is that enough time? And when they say yes, what they just said is, yes, we're going to go ahead and do this. We just need to know where to get the money from. Yes. And, and so, and I haven't had it yet where I've gone out, come back, and it's the check's not waiting on the table for me. My perception of that method is, is either you're, they're going to be very happy and they're going to respect you for giving them that time and respecting their decision-making and they're going to go ahead and go forward at that because they like you. And at the same time, well, what, what would you do if none of them looked at each other? If they both kind of sat there and stared at you or looked down, that's when you know you messed up somewhere before, right? Is that what you would say? You can. Yeah. And uh, you just keep just sitting there. Somebody's going to say something. Oh, yeah. You know, the old adage, you know, the first one that talks loses. And um, I'm, I'm not even on that path. You know, I'm just, they're still trying to figure it out. Now, we were buying a fence a long time ago. Sorry. We were buying a fence a long time ago, and the guy gave me a price, and I was literally just thinking about it. And the guy said, well, if you guys decide that you guys want to go today, I mean, I can, I can and, and I just wasn't saying anything. And my, my, I finally jumped in. I'm like, man, if I don't jump in, I'm going to get this fence for free. <laughs> yes. you know? I, I was feeling sorry for the guy. But, you know, you have to, to hold your ground. You have to understand where you can go with your pricing. And it has to be completely engineered. It cannot be off the top of your head. Two minutes and 12 seconds was the longest I waited, period, of silence wow. from delivering numbers. I swear to God. I had, uh, That's actually a very long time. Yo, know, it, was, it was very uncomfortable. Chris Kreider was a guy who used to sit next to me, and I could tell I just had a, a, a very analytical type guy. Like, Everything about him was like he had to be touching everything, very analytical, like was asking different questions than most people were asking. Like he was more focused on interest rate, total price of the car, amount financed. Like you could tell he was more technical and things like that. And I, at some point, he went to the bathroom and I said, hey, Chris, I'm going to give this guy's numbers. And when I deliver the numbers and I stop talking, I want you to hit a timer. 
because I was make I was curious. I was like, I know he's going to pause and he's going to ponder and think about things, but I know it's going to be at least like 30, 40 seconds of just incredibly awkward silence. It turned out to be that two minutes. And so it was, I was like, here's your numbers, man. You know, we got the right car, right? So short of money, this is the car that you want. You want to move forward with this? Yes. Okay, great. We're on the right car. Well, here's what you're going to be paying a month right here. This is going to have the extra, you know, insurance. Blah, blah. I give him my pitch and I deliver the number. Slide it across the table. And I sit there and I look at him like this. And he just sits there and looks at me. Over two minutes. <laughs> over two minutes. Did that. And at the end of that two minutes, he said, if you give me free, like, two free oil changes, I'll do it. Like, done. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> that was it. You deliver the numbers, and then you don't give them nothing. Because, like, what the guy did with the fence, he just took money out of his own pocket. You, you cannot overcome objections you haven't already gotten. You can't. Anticipating an objection is, that's, that's just going to cost you money. So it was like two minutes, and it was it was epic, dude. Oh Seriously. yeah, silence is extremely uncomfortable, especially in like a professional situation. Like people don't like it most of the time. The prospect is going to butt in and and give you exactly their thoughts. But I mean, just using even if it's like two seconds, five seconds of silence after you say something allows something to sink in. People are going to think about it a little bit, or they'll give you a piece of information you can use later to make the sale. Yeah, they say pause is power, man. Oh like, yeah. yeah, like I. I'll sit here all day, dude. I'm not saying shit. I ain't saying the ne- the next thing. I ain't opening my mouth till you say something like yeah. that. That's how I did every single car deal. I'd sit there and just stare at them until you know, they made up their mind. Here's what I think is is good is that when you go into an organization, they say, "Oh, these are all the objections that we can't get by." I'm like, "Here's the problem: is those aren't objections. I need to think about it. I need to get three estimates. These are not objections. These are stalls and excuses to get you out of the house. Yeah, they're an opportunity for you to change their mind. (laughs) That's that's it. You know, the only objection is when, and that's what we're trying to push to. So we have this thing called a closing roadmap. So we have all the stalls and excuses, and there's an arrow that goes down to money clarification. So no matter what, I'm taking them to money. And so, because I can always deal with money. If I can get you to tell me that my price is too much, I'm closing you. Yes. If you can get them down to the objection, you could really drill down on it and figure it out. Price is the best part. That's the best objection. They just did your job for you, yes. telling you that your price is too much. You want them to say that because it gives you a platform to stand on, something to work on. It was screwy when, they were like, when I would do all that stuff. I would spend hours with the customer, and then I would say, hey, like, you know, what What do you think? Like, well, I don't know. And then I backpedal and I try to isolate. And then it comes to find out they don't really like the car that much. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. It's done. Got to restart everything. So you got to really make sure you got them on the right thing before you deliver numbers. Because I messed up. I got them on the wrong car. I didn't get them on the right car. So that's why that sale fell through. You know, and it took two hours. It's a very costly mistake. You want to, if you're out there, you want to close 100%. Ideally, 100%. That's what you want to do. You're there. Let's make money. But these tips and tricks that you're hearing here are, are what's going to, you know, your KPIs are going to go up, and that's going to make the difference between, you know, an average year and an amazing year are these little things. You know, what we do here is, you know, our percentage of new sales and new customers goes up when we try to get our guys to add ask for a sale every single call. Right. Ask for a close every single call. Try to sell them a roller. 
we even had a competition where we, you know, call customers. And I'm like, whoever sells the most rollers to new customers this week, I'm going to take you out by your state. It, because you're, you're getting micro commitments. And as I'm sure you, like you do, like getting micro commitments throughout the entire thing is a psychological thing where you're getting them to commit. Yes, 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 yes. They're saying yes all the time. And then you ask them for the close. Psychologically, they're more inclined to say yes because they've been saying yes and agreeing to dozens of micro commitments if you've done a good job. So ask for a sale every single time. And then if they could sell them on one roller that's $7, that could possibly lead to them buying more stuff from us, and it's way more than just one roller, you know? That's very true. So that, that's a competition that we like to have here. <laughs> so here's another one is uh, your competition's cheaper. You go in, you give your price, and you're like, ah, you know what? Uh, XYZ Coatings is, is $1,000 less than you. And most people are like, well, uh, you know, they, they, they hem and haul. They, they, okay, they must not be doing this. I hate how they start justifying their price and downgrading the other person. Mm -hmm. And the price has already hit the table. Justification is over. The game is over. So at this point, when someone says, hey, you know, XYZ uh, Coatings is a little bit less than you. Okay, no problem. I I get it. I mean, we're never the cheapest. We're never the the most expensive. So let me ask you. Let's just say that we put both proposals down on the table, both estimates on the table, and they were both the exact same price. Cam, which one would you choose? Yours. That's that's fantastic. You mind if I ask why? I like how thorough you were with my floor, and it seemed like you explained a little bit more to me what you were going to do. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, great. And and why else? Well, uh, the other guy didn't really present himself well. I don't know. I just feel like your company had a little bit more value, or you know, was more professional. I guess. Okay. And, and why else? Well, you said I can't say price. <laughs> well, I didn't really like the guy that came out to the estimate. <laughs> I mean, it could be anything. It could be the warranty. It yeah. could be yeah. uh, the product because we went through it the other way. I didn't. Whatever the price. So yeah. you keep asking him why until like, no, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm guessing we're, like you just said, we're, we're about $1,000 away. Okay. And so don't you see that everything that you just mentioned is worth a thousand dollars now 90 percent of the time i can get them to come up halfway i almost never get them to say oh yeah i mean every now and then you get that gift yeah. like yeah i get it man we're yeah i can see the value yeah. and you're like well that was easy but yeah. most of the time they'll come up a little bit maybe they'll come up halfway yeah okay five hundred dollars so so kim uh how long will it take you to come up with the rest and shut up you know, you're just asking them, you know, there's only $500 left. So how, how long will it take you to come up with the rest? Oh, well, I mean, I can probably get it probably within the next couple of weeks. Great. We're not even going to be installing your, your uh, flooring for the next couple of weeks. That gives you enough time. You know, let's go ahead. Let's get this thing taken care of. I only need, you know, $4,000 to pay. Wow, that's a good one. I've never, I've never heard that close before. Oh that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, that's like really that. good. I think. Would you agree that most people don't ask those questions, like the the why else? Those, you know, they making those do. statements. Nobody does it. It's 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 difficult. It's they're hard questions to have. But in order to be a, a top producer or a, a large company, you have to ask hard questions. Be very very uncomfortable during your process uh, until it becomes comfortable to ask for people's money. You but, know, but right there, it's, you just said it. I mean, the difference is, are you a company that is 
consultative or are you a company that's transactional? Mm -hmm. You want to be the consultative company. You're the professional. No one else in your area is what you are. They don't do as well as you do. They don't do anything. You're a consultant. You're educating these customers. You're not just, if it's transactional, you keep the emotion out of it. It's all about money. It's all about who's got the lowest price. But when you start building value in it and you're consultative and Mm -hmm. you're a professional and you take 60 to 90 minutes in an estimate, not 12 minutes. Yeah. You're a consultant. You're a professional. That differentiates you. The transactional company's fine. Keep the customers that want the $3 a square foot floor. That's fine. I don't want their business. I want everyone else's business. So you be a consultant for what you do, not just the guy who says, okay, the floor is $4,000. Do you want it? No. All right. Have a great day. That's transactional. Yeah. And and what... Chuck, the, all those like YLs, you, you get everything on the table. There's no elephant in the room or anything like that. You know exactly what they're thinking. Too many people, you know, they get told no or they get an objection and like exactly what you said, they start justifying it and then they leave and they never talk again because yeah, great something was left unsaid. Like you just, you right. didn't get everything out on the table. That Just one extra question could have got you that sale. One extra why else? What, right. what else, you know, could have given you a piece of information for you to actually, you know, close that down. It's just, it's a question that needed answered that didn't get asked. Here's another one. We so I was riding with a rep, and he wanted to watch me sell. So we we went to a uh, it was a condo, and it was an older gentleman moving into the condo, and it was a two car garage. And what he really wanted, he wanted a coating, but what he really wanted was this yellow line, so that when he pulls his car in, and when uh, the, his wife pulled their car in, they saw this big yellow line, right? So that they they knew where to park. And so when we were sitting there, we, we showed them the price and they said, well, you know, we, we, uh, we want to run this by our son. And uh, I'm like, okay, I know that he has some questions for me. Let's go ahead. Let's get him on the phone. I know he's got some questions. And I already knew it was coming. I've, I've, done, I've been through this hundreds and hundreds of times. Oh, no, we can't get him on the phone. He's at work. I'm like, oh, no way. You know, the way that I'm, I have to act like I'm surprised to hear that. And so I say, hey, that's no problem. You know what? My parents do the exact same thing to me, and I always ask them the same three questions. Will the product that you're looking at, will it solve your problems? And the guy looks at me and goes, yeah, absolutely it will. And do you trust the guy that's, that's sitting across from me? And the wife's like, oh, you have been absolutely fantastic. She even offered me a water. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then the last one is, can you guys afford it? And the, the guy was looking at me, he says, you know what? You're right. It's our money. And I, I just kind of put my hands up. I'm like, oh, it's up to you. And the guy says, go ahead and write it up. And we got out in the car and the guy's like, I can't believe that that just happened. <laughs> I says, it happens the exact same way every single time. That's awesome. Remember, when people throw stuff like that at you, they just want to get you out of the house. And they're waiting for you to give them a reason to buy. That's a great one. I've never, yeah, I've never heard that one. That's fantastic, man. Here's another one. We were. Uh, <laughs> Keep we, them coming. <laughs> I we, love it. We had a, a young girl, and, and now this was a roof, but uh, there was a younger girl, and we went in, we, were, we showed her the price, and she goes, well, I, I need to run it by my dad. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Let's go ahead. Let's get him on the phone. I know he's got questions for me. And of course, no, he can. He's a truck driver. I'm like, a truck driver? The guy has nothing better to do. Yeah, that guy's literally available for a call all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, I totally understand. Well, 
I think her name was, was Lisa. And I said, Lisa, let me ask you. I mean, you've got to get this thing done. And, and so let's just say that your, your dad is not available for the next three months. You've got to get it done. How do you personally feel about spending $10,223? And she says, that's a lot of money. money. We just kicked dad out of the picture and we closed it. Yep. You know, at that point, like money. So it's not that you need to talk to your dad. It's just more than what you thought this would be. And she goes, yeah. So before I came out, how much did you think that this would be? And she's like, well, you know, I thought it would be closer to eight. Eight. Okay. And so after I came out and I showed you all the technology upgrades since the last time that, that you had heard about buying a roof, you know, the, the fact that we're going to put in the underlayment, going through all these things. After you heard about all this stuff that you didn't know about before, where are you at now? And she goes, well, I mean, I guess I can come up to about nine. I think I can afford about nine. Okay. So it looks like we're only $1,000 apart. She goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, how, much will it, how long will it take you to come up with the rest? And it, it, again, it was, it was a bit of a pause. She goes, well, I'm sure I can come up with it. I'm like, okay. So all we need now is I just need half now, and then I don't need the rest until we, we install the job. So we just, she wrote us a check. But again, you know, it's understanding how not to lose technique in the house. You know, I, we, we were selling a, a, a very large uh, job. And while we were selling this Roofing job, or flooring? This one was a bathroom. It was a very large bathroom. And here's what's even worse is he already had the bathroom tore out. And I asked him, I said, why do you have, even have us here? Because well, it's going to be six weeks before we can get to him. And he says, well, we, I already took vacation to do this, but my wife saw you guys at the, uh, the county fair. And so we just decided to have you out to see if we could do it cheaper than you. And I stared at him. And I'm, cause I'm like, you, you actually thought I could do this cheaper than what you could do it yourself. You know? And so at this, you know, we're going through everything. And, and his wife was totally bought into everything that we had. And so at the end, I showed him the price. And he goes, wow, that's just way too much. I says, way too much? How do you mean? He goes, man, I, my, my uh, daughter is getting married. I got a son graduating high school, going to college. He says, it's just, I says, it's more than you can afford right now, isn't it? He said, yeah. I said, now you had us out here. So obviously you thought that there was a way to get money. Where would, you, where would this money come from? And, he, and the wife jumped in and says, well, he's going to get a bonus towards the end of the year. And you, he like shot her a look. Like, hey, that's all his cards. And I says, okay, so you're getting this bonus. Is it, when is it going to come? She goes, it's in October. Okay, so what you're telling me is if I was sitting in front of you in November and you had that, that bonus check, we'd be doing business right now. And the guy says, yeah, we would, because he thought he got me. I'm like, huh. Well, let me ask you, if I was able to go ahead and install the, the bathroom now and I don't need anything from you until you get that money, is that something that you'd be interested in? His wife lit up like a Christmas tree. And she goes, well, how in the world would you do that? And I says, well, we have a trade partner that allows us to do that. We can go ahead and get it installed now. And actually, I don't need anything when you actually get that money because I want to make this investment the easiest investment you've ever had. And, and so, therefore, I don't need anything from you until today of next year. It gives you a full 12 months to figure out how you're going to pay for this. That's just one of your deferment programs through a it's, finance company? It's just a 12 months, same as cash. No interest, no payment. Every lender has it. Oh, my goodness. So, again, if you just make it easy enough, they'll buy anything. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I can, I can go all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, dude. It's you know people in the car are listening, and and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Advocate here. They're they're saying I, I can't do that. I can't do that. Like, how can I possibly become comfortable? Become you know. They like to say smooth, but it's not smooth. It's it's polished. It's practiced, right? What would you say to those people in how they can get started and work in their way into becoming a better closer and a better presenter and, and everything like that? What is something that they can do today to make them a better, more efficient closer? First, the easiest thing they can do is get into our Facebook group, which is Top Rep. Uh, so Top Rep High Performance Sales Training. We give free advice all the time. Um, if uh, you'll start to see us just dropping daily, uh, daily things, whether it's how to deal with I need to get three estimates, any of that stuff. And so there's many people out there that can't afford coaching, and that's how they get their coaching is through a lot of the free stuff that we drop. And then once they can't afford it, we'll actually come in and turn their their entire company around. But um, you know, finding a so the next top rep event. Is going to be in August. We have not created the date yet. We just got done with our spring tour, uh, and we actually had a, a few of the coatings companies that have sent their their sales reps and the the feedback that when their sales reps come back, they go from like twenty percent to sixty percent close because we give you the entire process. We give you the sales bible when you're there, right? And so you can take that and and and, and input it into your company immediately. Uh, we show them how to do it. So, you know, there's so much that you can do. There's a lot of uh, YouTube videos that you can go out and get. But most importantly, get into our, our Facebook uh, Facebook group, Top Rep High Performance Sales Training, and just start learning. So you do, uh, like, tours, you said, right? And I noticed, I thought I saw you in Denver not too long ago. So we were in Atlanta in March, uh, April, or, or sorry, um, yeah, we were in, in Atlanta, then uh, Dallas, and then Denver. We just got back from Denver. Wow. So do you know where the place and what in August where it's going to be at? What state? We're looking at uh we're looking at Philly. Philly? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, man. How's the how's the uh, uh I can't believe it's based on it. How's the showing been? How many people have been coming to each one of these seminars? So we'll get 100 150 people a show. That's pretty yeah. good, man. That's and awesome. It's it's not your typical sales training. We I've been to so many sales trainings that we've engineered this so that when your sales reps or when your sales manager leaves, that they have literally been trained. It's not something where it's classroom. They they sit there and listen to me regurgitate everything, and then I pat everybody in the head, tell them you did a great job. We go through each phase of the sale, and then it's a competition. So everybody goes into their their specified groups and they role play. We call them dogfights, but we, we role play everything that they just learned and then they score each other and then those scores will go continue to go up until we have a top rep at the very end and so uh, we we pride on our, ourselves and you know, we had a, a guy uh, out of Texas he showed up last June in uh, New Braunfels Texas when we did our uh, very first top rep and he comes up to me and says I'm gonna be the best top rep now, literally, he, I think he came in like dead last in that event. So I'm looking at him like, okay, buddy. Yeah. And, it's usually uh, the people that do that. Everyone that comes in here and says they're going to be the number one salesperson right off the rip always gets fired like two months later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's insane, dude. Like, so 
he came back to uh, San Diego later on last year, and he comes up to me. He says, you know, I, I'm going to take this top rep. And again, he finished dead last. So I'm like, okay. His name's Anson. And uh, so he's going through these, and his numbers are climbing. And so the first night, we have this big after party, and we do what these things called pivot points. So we shoot these flashcards at you to show just how good you really are. And most people can't even answer the flashcards, so we're helping them along. And I'm throwing up a flashcard, and he's answering them. He's just knocking them down one after another. I'm like, wow, this dude, he's, he's giving these back to me better than I can do it. And I, I wrote these things. Yeah. And so at the very end, um, at the very end of that night, he says, hey, I got to tell you something. So I, it was my very first day uh, in sales during the first top rep. He says, I've studied the material so much that I have sold $1.4 million from June through November. That's five months. $1.4 million. Oh, my God. He sold another million dollars by the end of the year for $2.4 million. And uh, so he came to our top rep in Atlanta. And so we have black shirts. So the top 10 people get black shirted, which means they can come back to any top rep for free. It's kind of like top, you know, top gun, top yeah. rep. So these guys get to come back and they get to be instructors. They go around, they help the, the groups out. And uh, so we had him up, top, up front and he spoke a little bit. And uh, I mean, it's just amazing what you can do once you put some effort into it. So, I mean, we're, we're going to take average people and turn them into something they never thought they could be. That's what sales does, man. It gives you the tools to be more than, it's one of those jobs that, you know, people think that it has such a negative connotation to it, right? But I can't think of a career path that doesn't allow for an individual to grow on a personal level and have it directly correlate with their income, which is insane to me. And I think that's what drew me to it. But, but that is, uh, that's a pretty cool structure you got there, man. That's awesome, dude. So me and Cody will be there. Caleb, you coming too? Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> Top rip. No, that'll be awesome, man. So you know like Gary Vee and like all those like famous, super famous people? Uh, no, I'm no, I'm not not exactly. You've few, met Gary V. I've met Gary V. Yeah, uh, I'm fairly close with like Jordan Belfort. What? I mean, obviously you keep him at a, at a arms at arm's length, but uh, yeah. yeah. So, we, what, have you ever met Jocko Willink? Yep, I know Jocko very oh, well. Oh, so yeah, jealous, dude! I'm so jealous. I want to meet Jocko so bad, dude. Jocko is cool. Um, so, a, a funny story is we kind of got trapped in. Uh, through a snowstorm, we we had gotten trapped in a uh, in Nashville with Jordan Belfort, and uh, I, I won't go through the whole story because uh, it's it's somewhat embarrassing. Because they're making a movie about it, probably. <laughs> but the guy is, if you if you hear him speak, um, you know he's the biggest piece of what he says is understanding tonality. Yeah, tonality is everything, especially when you're on the phone. And so if you if you understand or want to understand tonality go back and watch wolf of wall street again and only go through those parts where you hear um, uh, leonardo dicaprio on the phone at that small little firm but watch his tone of voice on how it changes he's very confident but then he's going to pull back and make himself small when he's asking for something yeah and so it's the same thing we do in the house it's the same thing that that your guys will do when they're actually ready to ask yeah. You know, if they're going to uh, handle an objection. Wow, man. Somebody else's uh, epoxy so much less than you. You know, 
he can't. He has to pull back, make himself small, and then bring in the objection, right, uh, or the the rebuttal. And so, you know, a lot of these guys, you always have something to learn from them. Uh, Jocko, it was funny because you know, Jocko feels that I am too disciplined, and I'm like, you, the Navy SEAL, think that I'm too disciplined with my team. Uh, but it's he said that about you yeah oh my gosh man the guy that gets up at four o'clock every morning and squats for two hours <laughs> jeez leaves a puddle of sweat on the floor because yeah. <laughs> like, he earned the sun the sunrise yeah, yeah dude he's oh man he's awesome dude I, I i liked his ted talk where he talked about accountability and stuff like that he has a great podcast or not a podcast on that he does have a podcast but that was a ted talk that he did uh, coolest famous person you've ever met Coolest famous person. Ugh. Um, I, before he got in trouble, I would have said uh, Bill Cosby. So um, <laughs> when, he, yeah. when he came to, to uh, pick up his jet, I was there. Um, I didn't get a chance to meet Madonna. I worked on her plane, and then I got a chance to meet her pilot, and, um, which was uh, good, funny stories there. Um, here's a good one is I needed to get back from Wichita to Dayton very quickly. And so I let, uh, let our uh, flight department know that I needed to get back to Dayton. And there was a, a flight that was coming through, a Learjet coming through, and it uh, they landed. And Robert Kraft, well, I was not, I didn't know names. Yeah. So all I knew was that this guy named Robert Kraft, and obviously he must have been fairly rich. Uh, so they land, they pick me up. And I'm, I'm riding with him, and this whole time I thought he owned Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I got off and, and uh, talking with some friends, I'm like, yeah, I rode with this guy. I think he owned Kraft Macaroni and Cheese, and, and his name is Robert Kraft. And they looked at me like I had three heads, like, the guy owns the Patriots. <laughs> like, oh wearing like six giant rings. Like. <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh, man. That's so cool, though. But, yeah, I think the point is that, you know, you like Cody said, like you said, you can be a better salesperson. And everyone has a an obligation to be the best sales rep they can be if they go ahead and start their own company. And they should implement that because you have other people's jobs on the line too. So you need to practice on getting better every single day. And the day that you think that you're all good and nothing else to learn – then you're wrong. You're just dead wrong, man. That's there's. I've learned shit so much today. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was incredible. But uh, do you have anything else you'd like to bring up while we have you on here, man? No, every, anybody can look me up on LinkedIn. Yeah, uh, Chuck Toki T H O K E Y, uh, and then look us up on on uh, our website, uh, which is topreptraining.com. Well, thanks so much for stopping in, man. We definitely appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cody, you got anything to add? You look perplexed over there. You starstruck? You just um, got to talk to Chuck Toogie? My, uh, <laughs> my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Tune in later.